0: And we are back, thecontractors.com your source for local home improvement pros. Folks, this is where we cut through it all and nail things down. Thanks for staying with me, everyone. I'm your host, Todd Bird. Check us out on our website, Asthecontractors.com. Go to our directory at contractors.com when you're starting your next project I want you to go to askthecontractors.com, use my directory. So many quality people and businesses on that directory that are going to help you get through your next project. Okay, we're going to be talking about the California Housing Crash. Okay. This is the one that happened back in 06, 07, and 08. And some people think, and we're going to be talking to one of them, Jonathan Landsnare, on what it's going to take to get affordable housing back. And he claims that a crash like in 06, 07, and 08 might be the best thing to get housing prices back to square one where people can actually afford their homes. Joining us now to talk about this conversation, Jonathan Landsnare. Thanks for being with me. My pleasure. The headline here is another Southern California housing crash needed to create affordable housing. What do you mean by that? Well, we've seen over
1: the last 30 years uh, only several periods where homes would be considered, quote, affordable. Uh, We saw it in the uh, mid-1990s. We saw it uh, early in 2000s, very briefly. Uh, We saw it much later in that decade, 2009, 2010, probably through 2012. Each one of those times, why did we have affordability? Home prices had come down precipitately in the previous uh, couple of years. And it seems the only time that we've had in 30 years affordable home prices is when home prices collapse. So it may be a little bit of, um, you know, somewhere between an aha and blatantly obvious that, you know, there has not been much done to create a healthy stock of affordable housing. And thus, the only times when housing gets too expensive and then corrects, do we get affordable housing?
0: When the last crunch came in, let's say, oh, starting in late 06, 07, 08, and 09, we had major foreclosures, record-breaking foreclosures. When that happened, it was not first-time buyers picking up these homes. It was, it was investors buying them up in groups. And then renovating them. And then the second thing is, even if a young person or a, a person who wants to enter the entry-level home, usually it is the younger sect of uh, of our society, but anyone going out there to fi- fix up a home that has been foreclosed on, do they always have the talent to do that, and are banks willing to lend on that home?
1: Well, let's go back to that period uh, during and after the Great Recession. Um, one of the sort of ironies of it is when housing by statistical methods, was seen as affordable, it really wasn't, because unless you had cash or perfect credit and a big down payment, the banks weren't even interested in talking to you, no less lending. Right. Let's go back to 2004, 2005, the heyday of the subprime lending.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: By math, by statistics, affordability was very low. But you know and I know that affordability was really 100%, because if you wanted to buy a property then someone would lend you the money
0: oh if you had yeah if you had a feather uh, put underneath your nose and it moved you were getting you were getting the escrow was going to close
1: i mean a little bit of this is tongue-in-cheek but it's also sure sure we're talking about affordability one are there jobs without jobs it is immaterial in 2010 2011 there were no jobs unemployment in the state was 12 percent that's one in eight people uh, it really there weren't enough jobs to be home buyers, not the less that people were losing their homes. If you go to today, unemployment is in the four percent range, there are plenty of jobs, right? Mm-hmm. There's also lenders willing to lend because the refi business is very slow, so they're willing to lend. Rates gosh in the last months have come back to four percent.
0: Very stable.
1: I'm saying these are rates that I hate to say it because we've been saying it for like five years, but these are historically low rates and another reason to buy now. Just because you can't find that, you know, luxury home on the (laughs) cul-de-sac for a price that it was never available for, but in your mind you wish you could pay, doesn't mean that homes aren't affordable. It means that perhaps you either have to stretch or readjust your thinking about what a first-time home could or should be?
0: Well, as an example, I use myself uh, in my younger days, in my early 20s, I would buy homes in the worst part of Sacramento and paint them and fix them up. And it wasn't where I wanted to live, but I knew I was going to eventually work up the ladder. And it does work. So you're right. It is a good time to buy, and maybe it isn't the place that you want to live, but unfortunately, we don't. To get up that ladder, sometimes we have to work a little harder. But let me move. Let me move on to this. Banks do want to loan money, and that is you take an average five hundred thousand dollar loan at four point five percent, twenty two hundred and fifty dollars a month payment, twelve months, twenty seven thousand over thirty years. You're paying eight hundred and ten thousand for that five hundred thousand dollar home. So banks really want to. Uh, that's how. That's what fuels banks is are these mortgages. So we got to find some medium ground here to get the first-time homebuyers going. And it just seems we keep getting stalled, especially with the SB50 being shelled for another year uh, that was proposed by Senator Weiner out of San Francisco. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, if we want, quote, more affordable, whatever that means, Mm -hmm. housing in California, right, that means we will have to lower the price of the existing housing. One way or another, you'll do that, right? right. Whether or not you lower the price of my home or yours or build cheaper homes in our neighborhoods, so to speak.
0: Have you looked at the angle that... Instead of wasting a lot of people's taxpayers and putting a bullet train down the middle of California, we take that bullet train from where there's jobs to where there can be affordable housing. And the point in case, Jonathan, is the number one spot right now in America for millennials is Bakersfield. They're not just going there. They're staying there. They're living there. And why? Because two by fours in San Francisco cost the same in Bakersfield. The property that you're going to build that house on in San Francisco or San Jose, you start off spending six, seven 700000 just for the property. And in Bakersfield, Fresno, and even up in our neck of the woods, Yuba City, you start off by paying $40,000 for that lot and building that home. And it just seems like we have to find the areas that are affordable, and it starts with land prices. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, land prices are certainly a big part of the equation. And a lot of that is supply and demand amongst people who, you know, on both sides of that deal are educated, right?
0: Right. Not, oh, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's
1: not mom and pops buying uh, <laughs> land for, a, you know, a huge thousand-home community. These are pros on either side, and they both are willing to bet either that this is a good price or B, this is an, a fair price. And from that, you end up seeing the fact that the base is high because of the land price. And mm-hmm. then, unfortunately, because of the high land price, it makes somewhat more sense, and again, another word with quotes around it, for the builder to you know lean towards the luxury side.
0: Right. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's going
1: to be expensive anyway, or you're going to end up paying a lot of money for a tiny... Condo uh, in, in, a, in a modest, let's say, low rise project. And people seemingly, I mean, one of the big issues I think in all this, when we talk about, oh, our kids don't want this or our kids can't afford to live here, there seems to be a general disinterest amongst home buyers, and I'm talking about those who are buying a home. For a home, not investors.
0: Right, exactly.
1: For what we would consider a starter home. That's like a one-bedroom or two-bedroom condo. That is a small house on the wrong side of town, which needs some TLC. Now, investors are taking those homes, right? But it seems that the current crop of first-time buyers wants a slightly nicer home, meaning they want to perhaps skip that first level and go straight to that second home, the problem is that home is one expensive and out of their price range. So, again, we have one of these great ahas. If we build all these starter homes that people claim people want, the builders will tell you they're not sure that there's interest in someone building a lot of one-bedroom condos for a homeowner. Investors may love them.
0: I I totally agree. We're talking to Jonathan Lanzier from the Orange County Register on affordable housing. I could not agree with you more on that factor because I tell you what, the margins of profit in a home new home industry are not as large as people think and you're right if you can make a larger uh, profit on a luxury home opposed to affordable uh, housing homes then obviously that's what you're going to get drawn to so let me
1: just add one other sort of Bit of California, you know, logic is: I'm a builder. I go to neighborhood X. It doesn't make a difference where it is in the state. Right. I propose a high density. It's going to be affordable for your kids. Project. Everyone goes: Oh, traffic! Oh, safety! No yeah. one. Or not
0: in my county. neighborhood. And right. the
1: builder goes: How about on that same site? Right, a hundred luxury homes. And people go: Well, I really don't want homes, but property rights. And he's got the right to build a couple, of, you know, a few million dollar homes in the neighborhood can't hurt. So they say yes. So not only. Do they make more money doing it? It is easier to get a neighborhood to roll over and say, okay, fine, build those luxury homes than it is to say, oh, build that high-density condo project or that, oh, right. and God forbid, build that apartment complex. Right. You know? So that's where the developers both are motivated financially and then from the process side are very motivated to build luxury because, one, they do better and two, they can get it done.
0: Yeah. Welcome to the quandaries of California. We've been talking to Jonathan Landsnear. You you were very informational. I really appreciate you talking to me today. Well,
1: my pleasure for you having me.
0: Jonathan, thanks so much. I, I forgot to mention in there too that 186,000 people left with California paychecks uh, last year too out of the state. So we we really do have, <laughs> we have some figuring out to do here. And
1: I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not that concerned about the outflow numbers. I mean, we can pull them. You know, I, I've studied them a bit, right. and if you look at them in another way, you divide it by our population, right? The fewest people, even though we have an outflow, right? Right. If you just look at the outflow number divided by population, which you could call our retention rate, it's top five in the nation. So they're a state. Our big problem is nobody mm-hmm. moves here. Right. And that creates two problems. One, it's why our population growth is slowing. Right. But two, this is what I fear. I don't mean fear in a sense of fear, but... This is where if we create more cheap housing, it will house more Californians. No, it will house more Iowans and Utahns and Texans who say, oh, my gosh, cheap housing in California? I'm there tomorrow.
0: <laughs> the gold rush is on, a second gold rush. And here's the other problem we're faced with, Jonathan, and that is San Francisco, for example, where the medium price home is, what, uh, $1.25 million. You know, what you have is you don't have those. And when I say first time buyers, I'm imagining that being younger people, uh, families who want to people who want to start families. And and when you and you want to live in the area that you work, high tech, San Francisco. But right. if you can't afford to live there and have children, you know, it starts with our school system collapsing. First time buyers are not going to go to San Francisco and buy their first home for a million and a half thousand dollars or one point five million or one point two million and start having kids and sending them to the local schools. They can't afford to be there.
1: Well, outside of the fact that in San Francisco, they have some of these companies who pay kids more money than we want to think about. I just mm-hmm. know someone whose kids are moving to San Francisco. I'm uh, a my, at Google. <laughs> I didn't ask how much, but I am sure it's a number that would make both me and you envious. Jonathan, so,
0: Jonathan, yeah. my son works for GenTech, yeah, uh, pharmaceuti- uh, pharmaceutical research, and yeah. he absolutely actually has a camper on his vehicle. Mm-hmm. That he goes down from Sacramento, he goes down and spends four days in the parking lot of Gentech using their gymnasium, working for four days on, 12-hour days, and then comes home for three days because he can't afford to live down there.
1: Yeah.
0: A room, a room that he was renting in Half Moon Bay was 1250 bucks a month, and my Suburban had more square footage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's no, no, I, was, my
1: daughter had a friend who was renting a couch. <laughs> okay. So all the bedrooms were rented. She got the couch. And I think she was paying 750 a month.
0: Oh my lord.
1: It wasn't in a good neighborhood in like Berkeley.
0: Oh my, my son's a graduate from there. Oh, and that was another story. Sending him to Berkeley it was cheap. It was finding him affordable housing. Yeah. You yeah. Know? know.
1: I'm saying this is a problem that is not on one hand it, it, it's easy to solve and then then it isn't. And then the other problem, and I just, you know, ran these numbers recently, right? This state, right, when you look at from the recession, right, you know, when you look at the number of jobs and the salary increases, right, there's only a handful of states that have created more, bigger payroll boosts, right, mm-hmm. since the recession. that Unfortunately, some of this is the price of prosperity. You know, when you go look at some of those states, that have quote very affordable housing. You want to move to West Virginia?
0: No, I, I don't.
1: That's part of the problem.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I yeah, I don't want to be in the outskirts of uh, of, uh, of Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania and a lot of I these places. Seven years that, in Pittsburgh, it's a great yeah. town, but uh, yeah. it's dying. You know, yep. and that's why.
1: And a lot of that, those homes, either too, they are and, old townhomes that are falling down, or some of them, right? They're huge. They're like six thousand square feet. But the heating bills are thousands of dollars. a month.
0: And, and, you know, contrary. And here's where I I agree with you. There has been a a point in case of what you're saying in the United States. And that's Detroit. You know, they went in and bulldozed neighborhoods. They got they just they were neighborhoods that collapsed. And uh, and now you're seeing uh, you're seeing a comeback in, um, in in Detroit, and hopefully they'll succeed and be successful. So, yeah. very very interesting on what's going around uh, the country. Jonathan, thanks so much Thank again, and time. I hope I can call you and rely on your information. Uh, You've been feel very free informative. To reach
1: out. Uh, I'm usually stuck at my desk looking at stuff, so uh, feel free.
0: I'll, I I will do so. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Okay. And just a reminder, Jonathan is business columnist with the Orange County Register. A wealth of information. I don't know if I agree that the economy or the housing industry, rather, has to actually collapse to get better. But you know what? Something has to happen to make it more affordable. And it, you, he was so right. You know, I want to build affordable housing, but not in my backyard. But I do think a key is if we can get our politicians on the same page. This bullet train has always been... a, a just a really bad subject with me because two things should have happened with that bullet train. It should go and it still could, it should go out to areas to get people to their homes, and then to where the jobs are. A lot of the jobs are in the Bay Area. You know, if you're down in the Modesto area, the Stockton area, the Tracy area, and you got on a bullet train, you could be in San Francisco or South San Francisco, San Jose, in a relatively short time, a lot shorter than it takes to get over the Ultima Pass. And every time I go down to San Jose and I take the Ultima Pass over, I'm going to tell you, they're just a string of cars backed up all the way to Stockton. So if we can get a train over that pass and get those workers to work a lot quicker and BART BART is the answer to a certain degree we have to reach out further where the property is a lot less expensive the land in Fresno and Bur- or Bakersfield in that area per square footage of land is just so much more affordable than anywhere in the Bay Area, like Danville and Livermore and all those places, Walnut Creek, beautiful places to live. But how can someone buy their first home in that area? Not without mom or dad writing a check to help them out. And sometimes that happens, but I'm talking about your average average, couple or person going out that needs to buy a home or desires to buy a home and uh, wants to get uh, into the uh, home investment, you know, that's a great way to build equity and put it toward your retirement and, and, and your uh, older years home is a great way to make an investment, but you got to make it affordable. So I, I agree with Jonathan to a point. I don't see it benefiting anyone for uh, housing crunch to crumble again, but some people made off really well with that uh, downturn investors, mostly. So, um, that's my take on it. Great conversation. Let's continue this conversation. And I also want to know your thoughts. Send me your thoughts. Send me an email to askthecontractors.com. Let me know your thoughts on affordable housing. Okay. Let's keep this conversation going. It's a very vital part of our uh, of our of my industry and a very vital part of our economy here in California. So, Hey, we had a conversation after we finished that interview. So if you want to go to my podcast, askthecontractors.com, check out the full conversation. It was very, very good and uh, lots more information that we just couldn't put on the air. So go to the podcast and enjoy. Lots more coming up. We have a question from a listener on how to cut into a wall and put a medicine cabinet in. I'm going to walk them through that. So don't go anywhere. I'm your host, Todd Bird. You are listening to AskTheContractors.com. I'm your host, Todd Bird. I'll be right back.